episode 86 of Monday State of Mind. My name is Michael Mazel, and I am the Director of Alumni and Recovery Support Services for the Harmony Foundation. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, dogs and kitties, this is our last guest on Monday State of Mind for 2021. And I am so excited to have this guest on to continue to elevate the discussion that I kicked off December with, with Chris Kahn, and then I came in and shared my perspective, but to continue to talk about how do we tell friends, family, coworkers, third cousin, twice removed, that we no longer drink, that we no longer use, that we no longer pop pills, all the things, whatever your language is, right? Like I said, you guys, in my episode talking about it, This is something that really pains so many humans when they get sober, even while they're in treatment. It's also a reason why a lot of people go back out because they don't have the confidence. They feel that people are going to look at them funny. They feel that they're not going to be loved and accepted if they just say, hey, I don't do that anymore, or it's just not for me. And it makes me really sad. And with that being said, that's why I have this human And of course, I'll let her introduce herself to the world. But I was really hoping that this human would come on and share her experience because she is a bold human. She is somebody that inspires a lot of people in recovery because she is so direct and she really works an amazing program of recovery And like everybody says, it's about attraction rather than promotion. And this chick has an attractive recovery program. And I am so grateful that she's here to talk about what her experience has been being able to say, hey, like I don't drink anymore. And I'll get into it a little bit more about another reason why I'm so happy that she's here to talk about it. So before she introduces herself, I want you all to just take a few moments with me and this human to get present, to get excited about what she is about to say, and to just really soak in this last guest of 2021 talking about an amazing topic. So will you please tell the world who you are? (laughs) Hi, I'm Shayla and I'm an alcoholic. Shayla, I reached out to you to talk about this topic that I feel really gives a lot of us anxiety in recovery. It gives us a lot of, I feel like, unnecessary stress. And so when I asked you to talk about this topic, what were your immediate thoughts? Oh gosh, I was like, oh, I knew my time was coming first off when I would be asked to to join. And I'm really thankful to be here. But even still today, and I'm almost two years sober, and while I wear my sobriety on my sleeve, it is still a scary topic. It is still the fear of judgment. I know it's scary for a lot of people. And I just, I feel that I've been a really strong advocate of more to be proud that you're sober and how to you know, navigate those times with family, friends, coworkers to really protect your sobriety. And and to me, that's the key reason why 
I'm so honest and open about being sober is because it protects myself, my sobriety, and it seems to have been really beneficial to others to see a younger female in the hospitality industry be so open and vulnerable about it. But it's not easy. It's scary, but it's also powerful and um, is really just one of the key things that has kept me sober to this point. Yeah, you guys. And Shayla just mentioned the other reason why I really wanted her on this podcast is we all have jobs, but one area that a lot of people stress about, especially in recovery, getting sober are people that work in the hospitality industry, whether it's at hotels for banquets, you're bartending, you're in restaurants and Shayla has worn all of those hats. And Shayla has been successful. That's not to say that I'm sure she's had stress along the way, which we'll talk about in a minute, but a lot of people feel like maybe, oh, I can't work in this industry anymore, or I can't do this anymore because I don't drink. And so I want to ask you, Shayla, when you first got sober and you started back up at work, obviously you knew people are probably going to ask me to drink. Like that's just what happens. That's what we do everywhere. It's like, Hey, you want a cocktail? It's five o'clock somewhere. What went through your mind and what were some emotions even that you processed in knowing that this was something that really we can't avoid? Yeah. In hospitality specifically, that's how everyone bonds. And that's been one of the biggest hurdles for me to get over. But when I first started back up at work, I knew that I needed to tell people so that my temptation wasn't there. But I was terrified of the judgment and the scrutiny of how can you basically work in this industry and and not consume alcohol or do drugs because it's very culturally instilled in that environment. And I just think that well, let's be real. They all knew I had a drinking problem. So, (laughs) so starting there, they all kind of knew that that is an area in my life that I really struggled. And I really had built this name and reputation in Denver of being this party girl and being an event planner and, you know, at a restaurant and multiple different areas within the industry basically making a name for myself that if you wanted to go out and have a good time, like I was your girl. I think it was more me accepting that that part of my identity was no longer. I think that was a really hard thing for me because I was proud of it. I was proud to be the fun party outgoing, you know, girl life of the party could drink most people under the table. And I wore that, you know, as kind of like a badge of honor for a really long time knowing that I had to go back to this place, one that I had made a fool of myself in multiple areas and, you know, all of the moral hangovers that I would have from going out with a group of coworkers and not remembering anything and waking up the next day being told I fell asleep on a bar apparently and things like that. So they knew a specific restaurant that I worked at and I'd been there for quite a long time, but the hardest part was that I couldn't escape my past, right? Like they all knew, they had all seen And I just felt like I didn't know who I was aside from that. I didn't know how to have fun. I didn't know how to have friends without drinking. And so I was scared to go back into that industry. I was scared to be surrounded by alcohol constantly. And it took me quite some time. Once I left Harmony, I actually went into a sober living. And I think that that was a huge saving grace for me because I was able to go to work and then I knew that I had this safe place to come home to and that I could talk about these things. And there were multiple times that in the beginning that I was so triggered by work and in the hospitality industry, whether you're 
a server busser or you're a manager event coordinator, you're always on. I just felt like I was, I always had to be super engaging. My mind was always on hundred percent. I never felt like I could really fully turn my mind off or relax, or I felt like I was on call 24 seven. I needed to respond to people right away to get their business. I needed to really just be on top of my game 24 seven and drinking. What I've realized was the only way that I could turn my mind off and that there's many reasons that I am an alcoholic. And one of the reasons that it got to the point it did is because that was the only tool I, I knew how to use. That was the only escape that I had from being just this event manager. And I'm really hard on myself and trying to be a perfectionist and making everything perfect for all these events. And I was not taking care of myself. So I feel that I kind of felt like I was almost set up for failure coming out of treatment back into that industry, just because it's everywhere. And it's, as I mentioned before, it's how that industry bonds and that's how people get to know each other and open up and become friends and learn about each other. And I was scared to not have that. I was scared that people weren't going to want to have me around or they would just act differently towards me. And Really, I mean, a lot of it was great understanding that like they saw that I was in a bad place and I was in a place of need and I was literally drowning. I was drowning my sorrows. I was drowning my happiness. I was drowning my fears. Every win was a reason to drink and every loss was also a reason to drink. So I just think that in hospitality, feeling so isolated when you don't drink that's such a scary place to be because you don't feel like you have a connection with anyone or you're not sure how to bond with your employees and your staff. Thankfully at this point for me, I was at a place that I could no longer hide that I had a drinking problem. I was drinking at work. I had taken it to another level. And I think that just that fear, I mean, it's still there today. Like, you know, I started a new job in May and I am at a higher level establishment and the fear of going in and telling people is still very much there. I kind of did this with my bar team because I was like, I don't know how to go about this with this, these new people that I don't know. I know they're going to want to go out and drink. And so with those people, I specifically was like, nope, I am an alcoholic. <laughs> Please just know that. So that way I am protected I didn't know I felt so awkward because I was like, I don't know how else to tell these specific people because they're my bartenders. You know, they're the people that want me to sell their liquor and that's what I do. So some of it is just like kind of a, a gut reflex of, I don't know any other way, but to tell you this is it. And I just want you to know, because like, I have to protect myself and I have to put it out there so that well, you're not even tempted to ask me if I want to drink. So it's been like that in some situations and others it's been, you know, once I get comfortable enough to tell them, I am so surprised every time I tell someone that I'm an alcoholic in recovery, that they either are more inquisitive about that and they want to understand more. And how's that working in the industry you work in? Or they kind of start talking about their own problems with drinking. And that is something I didn't realize. I mean, I knew it was very heavily a drinking environment, but the amount of people that I've met that struggle, it's, it's been surprising. Yeah. Oh, I love all that you just said. And I love that you said 
that you are upfront about it because you really want to protect your sobriety. What I also loved is that there's this grief established with the way things were that we have to be okay with acknowledging. And it's okay that we're sad about how we used to act and how we used to show up. I think that it's important for us to acknowledge that because a part of us is dying. We are being reborn essentially into recovery. And so since, like I said, being in recovery, Shayla, how was it for you your first couple times having to just say, you know, actually like, I don't want to drink tonight or no, not right now. Or I actually don't drink anymore. How was it leading up to those conversations? And then what happened for you once you had those conversations? Yeah. I mean, leading up to it, it's just anxiety. I don't have the obsession of the mind anymore, which is amazing, but the obsession of how to properly tell someone or kind of that anxiety, just building up to those conversations and moments, that's a complete mind takeover. That was all I could think about, like leading up to the conversations, even though I hadn't seen these people in so long, but just anxiety and nerves. And I feel fortunate that my mother is also in recovery. And so I also kind of saw how she handled situations like this. And I felt very confident knowing that while this is a huge loss of my identity and something that I'm closing a chapter to in my life, that if I didn't tell people I was in jeopardy, I don't just go around and I'm not like screaming from mountains, like I'm in recovery, but I have to make it a point because if someone's, especially in those early months were to just be like, Oh, why aren't you drinking? And I said, oh, I'm just taking a no drink November, you know, whatever it is. They pry, people pry. People will ask, well, you can just have one. You can have one shot, things like that. And that to me was so terrifying that it made it easier for me to just say my truth. And it's awkward. Some people don't know how to respond. Some people shut down and walk away or divert the subject. My family, thankfully, had multiple alcoholics throughout their life. And so I think I wasn't so afraid of judgment from my family, but my friends and my coworkers, it seemed shameful at first. It seemed like there was something wrong with me that I couldn't control. And now I had to make these huge drastic life changes to fix it. And so it felt like there was something wrong with me. And all that shame and guilt just comes right back to the surface. But I just kept pushing through. And every single time I told somebody that actually mattered in my life, it was more just acceptance and love and understanding. And they were proud of me. I mean, my family and people closest to me have watched me struggle since I was 13. I think for them to finally see the light in my eyes and the living amends is where it's at and just constantly making sure that people see the work that I'm doing. I think that's really kind of where the magic started to happen, but it's awkward. It's uncomfortable and you don't want to tell people not to have a drink in front of you, but I did have to do that for a long time. I wouldn't put myself in situations that I knew there was going to be drinking. I still don't put myself in situations where there's going to be like a plethora of drinking. But yeah, I don't think that it's smart for any person in early recovery, especially to be in those kinds of situations. And I get not wanting to just tell people and that they're still wanting to protect this secret, right? That for me was scary because our secrets keep us sick. And to me, keeping a secret that I was sober from anyone would have just been detrimental to me. 
I want everybody to listen to this that's in recovery. You don't have to, you don't have to recover out loud like I do in like 10 exit, but there's something to be said when we can own who we are now and what is working for us in our lives. That's when life gets easier. That's when a lot of the anxiety goes away. That's where we're actually met with love and support. And so since, like I said, it's been almost two, it's been two, hasn't it been two years? Almost February. Almost. So almost two years of being able to just say, I don't drink or Hey, not right now, or I'm an alcoholic. I just want to ask you, what has that done for you as far as friendships are concerned, as far as your work culture is concerned with you choosing to protect your recovery and be honest? Yeah. I mean, definitely with my friends, I thought I had this whole group of friends I at this one bar that I went to for two years and I thought I had all these friends and I don't speak to any of them. We bond by drinking and I was just such a, a drinker that I was always so social. I was out at a bar. I was out with friends. I was never really by myself and coming to the realization that I wasn't really with those people. I was drinking so I could black out, turn off my mind but I was just doing it around people. I was still alone. And coming to that realization was pretty big for me because I was like, oh, I have all these friends. And, but then I was like mad at them that they weren't being my friend in recovery. And I'm like, well, I wasn't really your friend either. My friendships have blossomed. I have strong girlfriends. I really struggled with girls my entire life. And I have the closest relationships with them now that are of such value to me. I can't even express it. My relationship... Uh, with my boyfriend is strong and we talk about real serious, deep concerns we both have and we're able to work through them. And I'm able to see both sides of a situation and that's thanks to recovery. That's thanks to the tools I've learned and being able to communicate what I need and what I'm feeling without it being a a drastic situation and understanding that I now know what I need to be happy. And I now know what I need to do to take care of myself. And I have boundaries that if it's not a relationship that's helping me be better, then it's not doing anything for my life. And it's okay to let those friendships go. But I think that it's really beautiful, the life that I have now. I feel happy. I feel clear. I remember the first time I went camping this year and I was like, this is going to be so fucking boring. I'm going to hate this. And like, without drinking, it's going to be, it's going to suck. And I had the best time and I was present and I woke up super early to watch the sunrise and go on a hike. I just remember that feeling that I would never have had this if I wasn't in sobriety now with coworkers. It's always kind of tricky because I try not to diagnose someone as an alcoholic, but (laughs) It's everywhere. And I try to just be there um, for someone. Many, many people have reached out to me and asked me how I do it and what signs there were that I needed help and that their drinking is out of control. And it's been really kind of a blessing to be able to be there for those people and help them, whether they get into a program or not. But I think they see that I'm still able to be in the industry. I'm still able to do a really good job you know, in work and be around alcohol. And, but the only way I could do that is by being honest with people around me. And some people are weird about it. Some people don't invite me to go to a happy hour because I don't drink and that's fine. You know, that that's okay. But I had to really get comfortable in my own skin and with who I am to 
be confident that I don't need those people's approval and I don't need all their invites to these events to make myself feel valuable or liked. It's a lot of self-discovery, but I had to keep going with what I believed in and being honest and open has really just opened the door for, I feel more people to kind of be vulnerable and be open with me. Shayla, thank you so much for your honesty and being able to just story, tell it so well. And that's what people need to hear. And I think that if there's one thing I hope that everybody can walk away with is knowing that, yeah, it sucks, but it gets better. And it's about protecting what matters to us just because I've heard you say it and I've heard a lot of people say we have to put our sobriety first because if we don't put our sobriety first, you know, we will lose everything. And if we can't be honest about where we're at, I'm like, then what are we doing? Right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Sobriety has to be number one and it has stayed number one since I got out of Harmony and I work a solid program. I go to meetings. I work the steps. The promises do come true. And I don't want to lose that. And when I notice I'm too preoccupied with other things and I'm not as connected, I know how to instantly reconnect and get back to it. It's something that I learned. And I just hope everyone can know that it's possible to stay in a workplace, but it's also okay not to. And if you have to make that change to protect your sobriety, then that's what needs to happen. Yeah. You guys. Shayla, dropping knowledge like it's hot as our last guest in 2021. I just want to say thank you so much for being here and for saying yes. This will not be the last time you guys see Shayla on the podcast. (laughs) She's got too much to share and she's so good at it. So Shayla, thank you so much for being on Monday State of Mind. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's what we do here. We talk about our mindset so that we can get our minds to work for us and not against us. And when they work for us, it means that we are honest. Okay. Get honest about being in sobriety. Wear it proud. Get that confidence. I want to end this episode by reminding you that if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call the Harmony Foundation at 866-686-7867. Recovery is a journey and harmony gives you the map. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week. 